Island Church in Galveston, Texas, welcomes you to our podcast. Be encouraged by Pastor Rusty Martin as he teaches the Word of God. Praise God. Two portions of Scripture you can turn to. First of all, let's go to the book of Matthew. How many love the Lord? How many love the Word of God? The Bible says it's alive, it's quick, it's powerful. Matthew chapter 13. Let's begin reading, or I'll begin reading. You can follow with me in verse 53. It says, And it came to pass that when Jesus had finished these parables, he departed thence. And when he was come to his own country, he taught them in their synagogue, insomuch as they were astonished. Everybody say astonished. That must have been some, some powerful messages. Amen. And said, Whence hath this man this wisdom and those mighty works? Now notice this. Is not this the carpenter's son? Is not his mother called Mary? And his brother James and Joseph and Simon and Judas. And his sisters, are they not all with us? Now notice all of these questions are being asked. Amen. I mean, remember what we were teaching the other, uh, I believe it was Wednesday night, on how the enemy always brings all these questions to your mind. Question. See, they're all designed to create doubt and unbelief. Amen. And it says, uh, and they were offended at him. Whoa. Now let me just help you real quick. If there's anybody in the universe not to get offended at, that's Jesus. Amen? And that's today, yesterday, and forever. Amen? You don't want to be offended at Jesus. He's the one that gets the good stuff of God and gives it to us. They were offended at him. Jesus said unto them, A prophet is not without honor, save in his own country and in his own house. Now notice this. And he did not many mighty works there, because of their unbelief. Everybody say unbelief. So tonight let's look at what blocks many times God's healing power, and that is the unseen wall of unbelief that will try to get into your life, especially when it comes to the subject of divine health because you have such a testimony from your flesh and your mind and the medical realm, you know, I mean, all the information that can come. But it, if you're not careful, it can create an unseen barrier. Heard a story. There's all these guys that study all this social stuff. There was a guy in, in Russia named Pavlov. Does anybody remember Pavlov? Pavlov's dog, they ring the bell, feed him, ring the bell, feed him, ring the bell, feed him. Just ring the bell and the dog starts drooling. You know, they, they conditioned his response or reaction. He did another experiment with a northern pike. And a northern pike is a very uh, aggressive fish, and it loves these minnows, these, these about three-inch long minnows. That's the favorite thing for them to eat. So he got this big tank, and he put this pike in it, and he put this minnow on the other side, and he put a glass barrier in between the two. And he said for weeks, that pike, would run at that glass and hit that glass, run at that glass and hit that glass, run at that glass and hit that glass, run at that glass and hit that glass. He said, after about three weeks, they noticed that the fish never hit the glass anymore. Wasn't hit the glass anymore. 
So they went over there just to, you know, for the experiment they were doing, and they removed the glass, and they said that that minnow could swim right up there around the fish's whiskers, and the fish never, never tried to eat it, never tried to do anything to it, because it had been conditioned with an unseen barrier, amen, and it caused it to behave differently than he should have. He should have just wolfed down that minnow, amen. Now, many times it's like that with healing because the enemy will try to build these unseen barriers. You know, uh, uh, our body's testimony, now that's one of the most difficult areas right there. Now here's Jesus, and he comes into his own hometown. So I took time this afternoon to go back and look at Matthew 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12. I didn't read them all. I just went through and looked at them. And you know what I saw? I saw signs, wonders, miracles. One of them said that he healed them all. I think it's in, in Matthew chapter 8. He healed them all. Amen. So the testimony of what he was doing was out there. They even said themselves he does mighty works. But then all of a sudden, here comes all of these questions. Now, if you've got a, if you're fighting a physical battle, especially if you have to take treatment, medication, go to some type of therapy, do something like that. There's a constant reinforcement that you have what they say you have. It's constant. You have to take the medication. You have to, you have to, so that, that builds in an affirmation. That affirmation that's being built is not a good affirmation. You say, now wait a second, Pastor Rusty, we need to use wisdom and take care of our bodies. I agree with that probably more than you do. But in reality, it is that affirmation in the flesh many times that becomes the unseen barrier in the natural and says this to you, why aren't you healed? Why, why, do, you, why do you have to take this medication again today? Why, why, why is the pain still there? Especially under the treatment of a doctor or specialist or people that you go to to try and help you. And here you are, you know, you're listening to the Word, you're hearing the Word, you're speaking the Word, but you still have this fight of faith that's going on in the realm of the flesh and then in the realm of the mind because your mind will always come into agreement with your flesh. Your mind will stand up and go, Amen. That preacher said you were healed. He laid hands on you and told you to go away healed. But if you're healed, I tell you, you don't know it. Amen. Now remember, the just shall live by faith. The just shall live by faith. And to receive something by faith is to receive it at the Word of God. You take God at His Word. It's not the denial. I've seen this and I've heard some elements of teaching, especially on healing, in which there was an element of denial to it. Well, I, I'm not sick. Well, you know, you are. <laughs> That's why your body's so wrecked in pain. There is a reality to what's going on in your flesh. But you have to adhere to a greater reality. And that greater reality is established in a system in your life that is under pressure. You say, what do you mean under pressure? Your belief system. Your belief system. Because you've got your body telling you. You've got your mind telling you. You've got the doctor telling you. You've got the specialist telling you. You've got the medication telling you. You've got the treatment telling you. Everything is telling you that you have it. Amen? But see, God is not trying to deny that reality and make you in some way think, well, I don't have it, and live in some weird denial realm where everybody thinks, you know, they need to wake up and do something. Amen? 
No, God wants you to step over into another reality, a reality, not denying what everything is communicating to you, but applying to what is being communicated to you, the Word of God. Because their belief system in his hometown was stimulated first by unbelief, and when it was stimulated by unbelief, there wasn't anything Jesus could do. He preached until they were astonished. Now, what do you think that meant? That means they were sitting there going, we have never heard anything like this. Where did this come from? It even says it in the Scriptures. Where did this guy get this wisdom? And whence cometh these mighty works? So they had not only heard his word and what he had taught, they had heard the testimony of what he had done. They had the two parts of the equation that gets you the miracle, the teaching and the preaching the information and the inspiration. Now all they had to do was take the information and the inspiration and put it in their hearts and receive from God and they'd have the demonstration. Well, nothing's changed. I said nothing's changed. Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And He's still looking for those who will respond by faith. Amen? Now, let me just say this. This is kind of going off in a rabbit trail, but this is, this is going to help you. I believe with all of my heart that God is calling this church to walk in divine health. Now let me say that again. Uh, you need to hear it the right way. I believe God is calling this church to walk in divine health. We're standing in agreement with every person that's believing God for deliverance from these life diseases. You know they say you have to have it all your life. We're standing in faith against diabetes, arthritis, heart disease, high blood pressure, all these things that the world says you have to live with your whole life. You don't have to. Jesus bore them. Amen. Jesus bore them. Amen. Amen. And we're doing everything we can do to impart to you into your belief system more than enough to get you healed and delivered, more than enough to get you away or broken away from the distraction of that glass bar being between you and that minnow. We used to tell a story. I got it from Mark Hankins. I thought it was pretty good. He used to tell the story of building a flea circus. You ever heard of that story? I used to tell it all the time, especially when I taught on redemption. I, th I thought flea circuses were a joke. When he told the story, I went and checked it out. And sure enough, if you go to the back of some of the older comic books, you'll see a little advertisement that says flea circus. And they'll send you these instructions. They'll tell you to get containers that, that are different heights. I think it, uh, uh, 18 inches, 18 inches is the height that a normal flea can jump. That's pretty high. If you've ever had fleas, you know that a flea could be on your arm and then a, 10 seconds later it could be way over here on this side of the bed. How many of you know that? How do you know that? <laughs> Look, honey, the pepper's moving. Oh, okay. <laughs> so what you do is you alter their jump. You get you a 16-inch jar, you put them all in there, and up they go 18 inches, and on their way, bam! Disaster, failure, setbacks. Oh, my God, what are we going to do now? And so what they do over a period of time, actually it's just a few days, they adjust their height to 15 and a half inches. Then you get one that's like 10 inches, and they adjust their jump again to 9 and a half. Then you get it down to, all the way down to it's like 2 inches, and now they're just jumping an inch and a half. And then they take all that away, and they pour out those fleas on a little white piece of paper, and they just jump around, jump around. They call that a flea circus. Charge people money to come look at it. 
Amen. Some of y'all could just do that at home, you know. The problem in that situation is this. Every one of those fleas still has the potential to jump 18 inches high. Amen? But by choice and through repetitious failure that has been built into them or into their belief system a knowledge of failure or unbelief. And when those questions begin to be asked about Jesus, isn't he the carpenter's son? Isn't his mother Mary? Doesn't he have some brothers that live here in town, some sisters that live here in town? Why, he's just one of us. Amen? So they counted him. Now listen, they counted him common. He's just one of us. But you know, those that were getting the miracles and those that were getting the deliverances and those that were getting the breakthroughs and the prayers answers was the one that saw him not in that light, but saw him in another light. They saw him in the light of who he was. He was the Messiah. This is the seed of David in manifestation. This is, Abra this is Abraham's seed that has come into manifestation. This is the Messiah. And obviously education could not impart that. You say, what do you mean? If that would, all of the Levitical, uh, the Levites and the priesthood would have known that. But they didn't know that either by revelation nor demonstration. He went around doing some of the most phenomenal miracles and they still resisted him. Because there's an element of understanding in your spirit that only God can enlighten and open up. Amen? So, real quick, just one more scripture. Go to Luke, go to, excuse me, go to Acts chapter 10. Acts chapter 10, I've got it up marked over here in my Passion Bible. I want to read it in my Passion Bible. Acts chapter 10, everybody knows the scripture, verse 38. Now notice this sums it all up. Sums it all up. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth. Now notice that. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth. With a Holy Ghost and power, who went about doing good and healing, all that were oppressed of the devil, for God was with him. Now, he is speaking this in the context of being asked to come to a Gentile's home by a vision from God. Are you with me? By a vision from God, not a text or a cell phone. No, a vision from God. And he's on his way to a... To a to a meeting at a Gentile's house where according to the law he lives under, he's not supposed to be. Amen? And one of the first things he begins to mention to stimulate their belief system to be saved and filled with the Holy Ghost is to mention God's healing power that worked in the Lord Jesus Christ. Now I like it. Let me read it in the, in the, in the Passion Bible. Jesus of Nazareth was anointed with the Holy Spirit and great power. He did wonderful things for others and divinely healed all who were under the tyranny of the devil for God was with him. Amen. Now, it is so simple to believe that Jesus healed. Now, let me say that again. It is so simple to believe that Jesus healed. But believing Jesus healed does not get you healed. Now let me say that again. 
This is so simple, but we miss it so many times because we, we, through repetition, have to learn these truths. It's so easy to believe Jesus healed. Go read Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Just go read it. Just go look at the 16 different healing miracles. 11 of them which were initiated by the person that, need, that needed them. Three of them were, were, were initiated within the context of, uh, of Jesus just moving around in his ministry and observing people that needed help. Amen. And then a couple of them were just downright, hey, it's your day. Boom, you're healed. So that shows us God wants to all kinds of ways. All kind, every, every, every way from Jesus just speaking the word to spitting on the ground and making clay and putting it in somebody's eyes. Amen. Everything that he did was God saying, I'm trying every way I can to try to get healing power to these hurting people. So it's easy to believe God that Jesus healed, but to get healed, you got to believe he heals present. Now, that's, that's very subtle. You say, why? Because when you begin to start believing God that he heals present, I am healed, then the enemy will begin to take your fight to the future. And you start projecting the, the, the manifestation of healing to the future. I believe I'm healed. How do you feel? Well, I, I tell you, I just believe I'm healed. Well, how do you feel? Well, I don't feel too good. <laughs> you ever been there? You ever been there? So what you have to do is you have to get back into the what? Now faith is. It's not what you're going to do tomorrow. It's not what you did yesterday. Now faith is. See, they missed the now moment. Did you get that? In his own hometown where he probably wanted to hit a home run. Oh, come on, all things being equal, he wanted to do good in his own hometown. He wanted to bless people. He wanted people healed, set free, delivered. Amen? And their moment, their visitation happened. And when their visitation happened, all the enemy had to do was step in with reasoning that came in the form of four or five questions about who he is. If somebody would have been smart enough to say, you know, hold on just a minute. We could talk all day about who he is. Let's start talking about what he's done. He healed a withered man's hand. He healed people in the, in the temple. He healed, he healed a, a, a little girl that was dying. He healed a woman with an issue of blood. He, he did all of this, all of that before chapter 13 got there. Listen, he was going around doing exactly what God said he would do. Signs, wonders, miracles, the miraculous. Then, he, then the miraculous walks into town and God says, now is your moment. You can be healed, you can be delivered, you can be set free of anything you can believe Jesus for. The Father's going to do it for you. And they started talking about his pedigree. They started talking about his pedigree. Amen. So in order to not only remove the unseen barrier, you say, why well, remove the unseen barrier? That unseen barrier that keeps you from the manifestation of healing has been removed in Christ. You've got to be like that pike. If you could take another pike that, 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 that was not conditioned like that and drop that pike into the, into the tank, he'd probably make a lap around that tank and just inhale that minnow. And after he did that, he could look at the other pike and say to him, why didn't you eat that minnow? And boy, would he have a story. I mean, he would have an epic of the day. I went to eat the minnow and hurt my nose. <laughs> and how it went on week after week and month after month. 
And I finally just made the decision, the men ain't worth it. And so I just quit going after the men. I don't even care about men anymore. Really? No, not really. You really do care about menace. Your pain has just gotten bigger than your appetite. That's when you begin to get healed, is when your appetite for healing gets bigger than your pain. And there are times you're going to have to just be uncomfortable and stand in faith and lift your hands and worship God and go right back to, to, to Acts 10, 38 how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost in power, who went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil, for God was with him. Then you go over to Hebrews 13, 8. Jesus Christ is the what? Same yesterday, today, and forever. Then you go to John, the Gospel of John, chapter 1, verse 1. In the beginning was the Word. The Word was, the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Every time I hear the Word, I have an encounter with Jesus. Every time I hear the word, I get encouraged. Every time I hear the word, I step out of the past, I step out of the future, and I step into the now. Now faith is, and I decide what I believe now. Now I believe I'm healed. Now I believe I'm set free. You say, well, Pastor, it's just not that easy. Well, thank God it was easy for salvation. So who's complicated it? We're the ones that do that. We have to begin to address those mindsets. We have to begin to stand against that. Amen. And with anything that attacks our body, we have to be aggressive and militant against it, speaking the Word of God, standing in faith, calling your brothers and sisters for agreement. And if you need to come and have hands laid on you, we'll lay hands on you and pray for you and believe God for a miracle. Now let me close with this. We'll receive our communion. Is that one mine? I believe it is the will of God that this church walk in divine health. Amen. We may do some series just on healing. Just, just you know, three or four weeks at a time. And just teach on healing. Teach on healing. Teach on healing. Teach on healing. See, what you teach on, you get the manifestation of. Amen. People are calling us to come and do healing rallies. We're going to do as many as we can or do what we can. Uh, 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 we were somewhere a couple of weeks ago and they called us and told us of a miracle that took place of a man that just had lost all of his memory function, hadn't been able to remember anything. Power of God hit him. He called the pastor up the next day and said, my entire memory just came right back. Came right back. Now I can remember everything. Isn't that amazing? But you know, thank God for the healing power of the Lord Jesus Christ and that which we minister to others. But God never intended that we needed to be ministered to like that. God always intended for us to walk in divine health. And the reason I believe there's a clarion call from heaven for us to walk, on divine, walk in divine health is because it's going to be so necessary in the days ahead. I mean, all this crazy stuff that's coming on the earth has already been, listen, it's, it's, it's already been foretold, not predicted. Are you with me? There's a difference between predicting. Predicting is rolling the dice. Amen. No, no. These things were foretold by prophets of old, prophets of the new covenant. Uh, Timothy, uh, Paul told us there would be perilous times. Revelation says there's going to be pandemics. There's going to be epidemics. So that ought to just right there be a signal to you. Man, I'm going to have to build myself up in this healing stuff. Great books out there. You can read Jesus the Healer by E.W. King. I believe Jesus the Healer by T.O. Osborne. Brother Hagin has a manual healing scriptures. Well, would you get me one? Get it yourself. 
<laughs> you hungry enough, you get it yourself, amen? Get you some, get you some, Lee and I, we've always had the, uh, the scriptures that run round and round. We even did some like that. Healing scriptures, you go to bed at night, you just cut them on. You go to bed listening, meditating, healing scriptures. By his stripes I'm healed. I've been delivered from the power of darkness, translated to the kingdom of his dear son. Because the day is coming, and it's very, it might, it might be here right now, in which the moment you sense a symptom in your body, you have to go on the offense. And you've got to begin to say, no, 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 in the name of Jesus, I have a healing covenant with God through the stripes laid upon his back. I will not receive this in Jesus' name. And I'm not going to try and answer all the questions because that's where the distraction, that's where the, that's where the, the uh, glass. Oh, let's figure out where it came from. Who did it? Oh, did you hear someone owns the vaccine and the What difference does it make? Oh, they're spraying it in the air. They're doing this. They're doing that. Who cares? It doesn't make any difference at the end of the day. You're going to have to stand in faith, believe God, speak your health, your healing, and resist the devil. He will flee from you based on the reality of the healing power of the Lord Jesus Christ, which is not in heaven somewhere in a bank vault. It's resident on the inside of you, waiting to be turned loose and affecting every molecule of your body. The Bible calls the Word of God God's medicine. Some of you are going to have to up the doses. Amen? Instead of just one gospel, you're going to need several gospels. Amen? Contend for your health. As we contend for revival, as we contend for the move of God in the nations of the world, as we contend for finances to build a beautiful building, as we contend for all of these things, contend for your health. Live right and clean. Should have got a better amen than that. You don't need cocaine. You don't need crack. You don't need Jack Daniels. I don't know who that's for, but you need that. Amen. You need to hear that. You don't need that stuff. That stuff will destroy you. Amen. No, live clean. Take care of your body. Take care of the temple of the Holy Ghost. Believe God with long life. Long life, He satisfies you. I got some stuff on, on longevity I need to teach. I haven't taught yet. There's ways to live out your life. Amen? And end it with joy. Glory to God. Does everybody have a... Uh, if you do not have a communion... A couple of people, praise God, ushers. Got a young man over here. Praise God. 1 Corinthians chapter 11. Make sure we got everybody served. Everybody's welcome. If you are a believer, everybody's welcome to take communion. Amen. All you have to do is know Jesus is Lord. Anybody else? Wave high real quick. Going once. Going trust to get yours? Got it. All right. We good, fellas? We good, guys? Doc? Okay, praise God. 1 Corinthians chapter 11. Now in the scriptures, we know beyond a shadow of a doubt the most important issue of scripture is salvation. Without salvation, a man or a woman could die and be eternally separated from God. 
Jesus said, you must be born again. You must be born again. But you know, there was never a real mandate. There was never, you must be healed. There was a command to be filled with the Holy Ghost. But let me just put it like this. The promised land that was possessed by the nation of Israel, in which they inhabit even to this day, has been a place of provision for them throughout their existence. And as long as they obey God, God blessed even the soil or the land. Amen? Now, we as believers have a promised land that the journey out of Egypt begins the day you get born again. But the promised land that we strive for is not heaven. Heaven's the reward. Heaven's our home. The promised land is the baptism in the Holy Ghost, God's healing and delivering power, the joy of the Lord and the righteousness of God in revelation and reality in your life so that you mature and grow up in God and become a, 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 a successful servant of the kingdom. Amen? I mean, it's really that easy. And in understanding that, all of these doctrines, they weave and they tie together. The threads of faith weave them all together and pull them tight to create a complete picture of what the believer should look like. Let me say it like this. To, to, complete a, to complete a picture of how God sees you. God sees you healed. God sees you saved. God sees you full of the Holy Ghost. God sees you on church Sunday night, taking notes, studying the Word of God, listening to what God's saying, reading along in the Bible. God sees that. God knows that. You draw nine to Him, what does He do? He draws nine to you. He draws nine to you. The Word of God itself is infused with healing power. I was privileged for a couple of years to, to, uh, uh, to befriend Dr. Oral Roberts. And he told me an amazing story about a crusade in Seoul, South Korea, right after the Korean War, in which Dr. Billy Graham conducted it. And he never preached on uh, healing or the baptism in the Holy Ghost. He was just an evangelist preaching on salvation. And he says, this is what happened. After about a week of their crusades, they got a call at their offices in Tulsa, Oklahoma, at the Oral Roberts, at the Oral, they haven't built the university yet, but at his ministry offices. And they asked him if he could come over and help them with all the people that were getting healed. And, you know, I mean, it was, he said, I asked Dr. Roberts, I said, well, what do you mean all the people that were get, being healed? He said, just the word being preached, just the word going out, found so many needs out there. The compassion of God called the word, caused the word of God to just fall on the crowd, and the word of God just healed them. Just the word of God going forth healed them. Just the word of God going forth healed them. Amen? So everything we teach, when we, when we make our offering confession, did you know that's conducive to the healing power of God in your life? Every time we pray the sinner's prayer with people that are getting right with God and we reaffirm that salvation or reaffirm that we're uh, uh, strengthening or uh, pulling closer in our fellowship, every time you do that, you are releasing healing power into your life. Now, if you're bold enough to rise up and create for yourself a confession where every day you speak that word over your body and over your life, I guarantee you that health is going to resonate on the inside of you. And if you're trying to regain your health, Saturate yourself in the Word. I mean, I opened the door of my truck right, at, right after the service this morning. And it was Brother Osteen. And he was screaming, Rejoice! 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 Well, I just come out of this meeting. So I just started. I thought, why not? I'll just rejoice with him a while. Amen? 
live in a continual atmosphere of righteousness. Amen. Create it in your home. Have it in your car. Everywhere you go, and I guarantee your health will spring forth. You will be the healed of God. 1 Corinthians chapter 11, I'm going to read it in my, uh, in my Passion Bible. I have handed down to you what came to me by direct revelation from the Lord Himself. So obviously the Apostle Paul had gotten this through an encounter, vision, or revelation. Now he's rehearsing what the Lord Jesus Christ showed him and told him. The same night in which he was handed over, he took bread. He gave thanks. Then he distributed to the disciples and said, Take, eat, and eat your fill. Everybody say, eat your fill. It is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Now carefully, if you will, move that top part where the host is. Now without, this is an amazing truth, without a physical body, Jesus could not have assumed upon himself what he did. You say, what do you mean assumed upon himself? He was wounded for our transgressions. That's individual acts of sin. So every time they wound him, wounded him and opened his flesh, that was the judgment of God for the sin of you and I and he was placing it upon Jesus himself. Amen? He was wounded for our transgression. He was what? Bruised. Think how many times they bruised him, pulling out his beard, beating on him, saying, prophesy unto us who hit you. How brutal that must have been. How horrible that must have been. But with every bruise, the inward motivation of iniquity and sin was being addressed and annihilated because Jesus was assuming upon himself to take it to the region of the dam and destroy it. The chastisement of our peace. Oh my goodness. Knowing that this is my covenant people. These are the seed of Abraham. I'm the promised Messiah that belongs unto them. But you know, the Bible says he counted it joy. For the joy that was set before him, he endured the shame and suffering of the cross. Then the Bible says by his stripes. Those are the stripes that the Roman, the, the, the Roman uh, uh, army called them the lictors. Because they're the ones that whipped you. They were experts at it. And they would give a sentence of 40 stripes minus one. That's 39. They, they said the 40th was the mercy stripe. They said that most people died by that beating. It would open your, your, your skin around your rib cage, exposing your kidneys, exposing your organs, and the blood would just run down your back. He did that so we could be healed. Now let me say this. People get very complacent in receiving from God and think things like, well, Pastor, you know, I'm really okay. Uh, I can handle this. I, I take the medication. I believe I can live my... Don't consider your own comfort. Don't consider your own deliverance. Consider the price that was paid for you not to have to live with that garbage. Amen? What an awesome, awesome price to stand, not just as a normal man with the pain of 39 stripes, but with every stripe, another classification of disease came upon your body until you were sick with every ill the world had ever known. With arthritis, with cancer, with diabetes, all of it was on him. He carried it and he bore it away so that we could be healed. His body was bruised and broken. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for Jesus. 
And tonight, Lord, as we've been doing now, we're into our third year of on communion night, we teach on divine healing. We thank you for our doctors. We thank you for our treatments. But Father, we thank you for that one that sits at your right hand in whom the stripes laid upon his back purchased healing for every one of us. Then you placed it in the redemptive package. For we are the heal of Almighty God. And as we receive this bread tonight, we break it as His body was broken. And we receive it for its intended purpose, declaring we are the healed of God. Now carefully, if you will, turn it, turn it over and open that top part. Verse 25, he did the same with the cup of wine after the supper. He said, this cup seals the new covenant with my blood. Drink it. And whenever you drink this, do it to remember me. Now, that physical aspect of the stripes placed upon his back dealt with every symptom that sickness or disease could produce. Every pain, every discomfort. Isaiah says he bore it away. He bore it away. The Hebrew word is the word N-A-S-A. -A. means born away. But now the blood did something a little different. You say, what do you mean the blood? Man became sick because of his disobedience to God. Sin is the origin of sickness and disease. Sickness and disease came into the human family through the sin of the original couple, Adam and his wife. The source of it was their disobedience. There had to be a, there had to be a cleansing. There had to be a cleansing. And what's amazing, if you'll be a student of the Bible, you'll see that not only on earth there had to be a cleansing, there had to be a cleansing in heaven. The fall put a mark in heaven. Amen? Now, when Jesus was striped and his body was broken, he took on every aspect of every sickness and disease. But when Jesus shed his blood, he went to the root cause, which was sin. Because sin could not just be covered up as an atoning sacrifice because it would still lay under in the unseen realm and we could be judged for it. But he didn't just forgive our sin. Our sin was remitted. That means it was eradicated. That means it was destroyed. That means it was removed as far from us as the east is from the west. God says this, never to be remembered against you again. So not only all of these causes, but the root cause. Hebrews chapter 9, verse 12. You don't have to go there, I'll quote it. Not by the blood of bulls and goats, but by His own blood He entered once into the holy place, having obtained eternal redemption for us. Heavenly Father, we're so thankful that not only at your right hand sits our Savior and Lord, your Son, Jesus Christ, but Father, in your very throne room in the Holy of Holies is an altar. You called it the mercy seat, framed by the cherubims of fire which are live and living, standing over the altar of God. And Father, we know that that altar is saturated. It's soaked in a substance. Not a human substance, a divine substance. 
the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ, the eternal and everlasting Savior, the almighty healer and deliverer, His blood stands as a testimony to a new covenant cut between the Father and the Son in whichever, whosoever, that ever calls on the name of the Son gets in on that same covenant. And that covenant declares, by His stripes we are healed. Thank you for the blood of Jesus, the most precious commodity, no currency, no diamond, no gold, no wealth of human mankind can even come under the shadow of what the blood means and what the blood is. Thank you, Jesus, that you suffered for me. You suffered that I could be healed. You suffered that I could be saved. I do not take it for granted. Willingly and obediently, I receive of the cup tonight, worshiping you and thanking you for your precious blood. Receive the cup. Thank you, Lord. Now lift up your hands. Say out loud, Heavenly Father, thank you. You've allowed me to exist in this day and hour. Thank you that you equip me. Thank you that you anoint me. Thank you that you inform me. Thank you that you inspire me. I refuse, I refuse to live sick and defeated. I declare I am the saved of God. I'm the healed of God. And I speak to my body. And I say in the name of Jesus, by His holy stripes, you are healed. Every organ, every gland, my blood, my bones, and my marrow. And I speak to the unseen barrier of unbelief. And I declare, I have faith. I have faith. I speak my healing. I thank God for my healing. I worship the healer and I glorify his name. Thank you, Lord. It is the witness and the testimony of your holy word that assures me that no matter what my body says, no matter what medicine says, no matter what anybody says, I am healed. In the now, in the now, I am the healed of God. Now lift your hands and rejoice. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Now, let me say this. Because you can get real inspired in a meeting like this. Do something that maybe you shouldn't do. But if you have to take medication or go to treatment or anything like that, Use it positively and not negatively. If you have to take a pill, every time you take a pill, speak the Word of God and declare, this is, next, this is the next to the last time I'll ever have to take this. You say, what if I have to take it for five years? Take it for five years and continue to confess it and your faith will take hold and you won't have to take it no more. Amen? Anything, because see what the enemy will do. He'll put a symptom on you or something in the morning or tomorrow afternoon and say, well, see, I was just all in your mind. And he'll start with those questions. How many going to recognize when the questions start coming? About your healing. About your healing. When those questions start coming, you ought to put up a red flag and say, caught you, devil. I'm not saved and filled with the Holy Ghost to answer your questions. 
and just tell them, you know the source of my answers. So if you want to go through this again, here we go. He was wounded for my transgression, bruised for my iniquity. The chastisement of my peace was upon him. By his stripes I am healed. He blesses my bread and water, takes his all sickness and symptoms from the midst of me. Bless the Lord, O my soul, all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, forget not his benefits. He forgives all iniquity. He heals all disease. He's not giving me a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. And just keep going until you get to that last one. The same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells in me. That's resurrection power. I declare it. I release it by faith. Glory to God. By then, I guarantee you, the pain will be gone. Amen. Amen? Well, what if it's not? Sounds like a question to me. <laughs> what if I still hurt? Sounds like a question to me. Always remember this. Yes, there is a great element, a great quantity of answers in the Bible. But the primary purpose of the Bible is not to answer the questions of the intellect of man. The purpose of the Bible is to remove the doubt that hinders faith from working. So sometimes you don't get all your questions answered, but you get your doubt removed. What, what would you rather have? I would rather just have my doubt removed. Leave the questions to the people that think they need to answer them. Amen. Glory to God. Lift your hands one more time. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Oh, thank you for your healing power. Thank you for your healing power. Thank you for your healing power. Thank you for your healing power, Lord God. Oh, we rejoice. We rejoice. We rejoice. Well, praise God. Let's receive our offering real quick, then we'll go back to the back and have a time of fellowship. Glory to God. Where was my scripture? Well, I can quote it. Amen. Isaiah 1:19. If you're willing, everybody say willing and obedient. Everybody say obedient. You shall eat the fat of the land. Amen. And let me just say this. The fat's not gone. You're going to start hearing a lot of stuff about economic depression, downturns. There might be even, uh, you know, there might, they might even try to shut things down again. I don't know what they're going to do. I know in the midst of it, we're going to have joy. We're going to shout and bless the Lord. We're going to do the will of God and move forward in Jesus' name. Amen. But listen, make a decision in your own life, in your own heart. You're not going to be controlled or manipulated by the world or its system. For many, many, many services that we've been teaching on, out of, especially out of Romans chapter 12, don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Listen, people are so afraid they're going to use, uh, uh, lose uh, a cultural identity. Let me, let me say this real quick. This might help you. God didn't save you for you to maintain your culture. He saved you for you to come into another culture. Amen. You're in the kingdom culture now. They say, well, I, I have this great culture, my ethnic culture, my geographical culture, my this culture, my that culture. Doesn't make any difference. God has caused you to hear His Word. You have gotten born again, and you're no longer identified with your culture. You're identified with Christ. Amen. So there's a brand new culture that's being developed on the inside of you. A culture of healing and health, a culture of prosperity and blessing, a culture of joy and righteousness. The culture of heaven. The culture of heaven. And that culture is prosperity. And the Bible gives us specific truths. Now listen to this. Available for us to obey. That means there's a choice. You can obey never to give. You can obey never to tithe. And I'm going to tell you, There'll be times in your life where God may bless you from time to time just out of His mercy because you are His child. 
Amen. But that doesn't please God. And our lives should be pleasing to God. I mean, you should be living for that one moment in eternity in which you stand before Jesus and He looks you in your eyes and He says, Well done. Well done, thy good and faithful servant. Amen. So when we see in the Word of God, we should tithe, we should offer, we should give to the poor, we should support missions, we should do all of these things. And then we willingly obey it. Then God gives us what? The fat of the land. So that means there's still a lot of stuff in Galveston County, the Galveston area. No telling where, because I know now people work on computers and do stuff all over the world just from wherever they're at. So there's some fat out there. You just need an insight. You need an idea. You need a concept. That's all you need. And I guarantee you, your finances can change overnight. And God is doing that in this day and hour. He's given it to believers who will trust Him and do the right thing with the money. So I believe the money can save me. Ha! Hope you don't believe that too long. But it can sure help save others. Amen. You ready to give? Praise God. Hold your offerings up. Say this out loud. Where is our... Here we go. There we go. Praise God. Miracle every day. Praise the Lord. Here we go. Ready? One, two, three. Heavenly Father, I thank you for the seed you placed in my hand. Willingly and obediently, I sow it into the kingdom of God. Thanking you, Lord, that it comes back to me. Good measure. Pressed down. Shaken together and running over. I claim every dime that I may need to meet my needs. And I claim increase, 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 and abundance above that. Devil, in the name of Jesus, get your hands off of my finances. Heavenly Father, I thank you. According to your word, angels are released on my behalf, bringing back to me that which my faith appropriates in Jesus' name. All my bills are paid. All my debts retired. We claim every dime we need to preach the gospel here on the island and around the world. Thank you, Lord. Now shout for that building. Come on. Give God a shout. Praise God. Now stand on your feet just a second. I'll, I'll dismiss you to bring up your offerings. Let's pray over our, our week and over our food. Amen. Thank you, Father, for this time of fellowship. Thank you, Lord. You said that iron, as iron sharpeneth iron, so does the countenance of a brother and a friend sharpen each other. Thank you for the sharpening of our fellowship. Thank you, Heavenly Father, for your presence among us. Thank you that you bless our bread and water. You take all sickness from the midst of us. And we thank you, Father, that all of our faith that we place in your word, Psalms 91, other scriptures that talk of our deliverance and our safety. We walk on serpents and scorpions over all power of the enemy. Nothing shall by any means harm us. Thank you that your hand is upon us this week, not only for protection and safety, but for us to be a blessing to people. Thank you for all of those that your compassion will reach out through us too this coming week, that we'll be sensitive and obey your holy voice in our heart. Fathers, we leave tonight. We walk in faith and love towards you in love toward one another. Thank you for our church. We leave as the ambassadors of Christ. You've called us to be thanking you, Lord, here at Island Church. We are covered by the blood, empowered by the word, and anointed by the Holy Thank you for listening to Island Church's podcast. To find out more information about Island Church in Galveston, Texas, visit our website at islandchurchgalveston.com.